0: Hello, this is Jamie from Stillmire Games, joining you at an unusual time today. <clears throat> uh, I Well, it's not unusual unusual time, it's an unusual day. Usually, I'm here on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central Time, but today, I'm here on Tuesday. And no one is here with me yet, so it's just you and me, watch, you watching in the future, and uh, if you're watching in the present, there's Steve, there's some people showing up. I, I know I'm catching you off guard with an unusual time here. But uh, this is Thanksgiving week here in the U.S., and so I have some other conflicts tomorrow um, as I prepare for Thanksgiving that uh, that I thought, you know, I'd spend a little time with you today, even though I won't be able to, to join you tomorrow for a little chat. So I'll hang out here, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes today, and we'll just chat about some of the topics that we usually talk about. Great to see some friendly faces and some new faces, as always. I see Steve, Nate, uh, George, Tony, Carol. Uh, Nate has something he's thankful for. I love things we're thankful for. He says, I'm especially thankful that you give your time each week for these live streams. Thank you, Nate. It's, uh, I really have come to look forward to it. Um, I I wasn't sure at first when I started doing it years ago, but I love the conversations. I love, I love the the real-time interactions. And so, yeah, thank you for saying that. Tony Carroll, Garrett. Garrett got featured yesterday on the Stonemaier Games blog. He had some great feedback for lead playtesters. Thank you, Garrett and Allie for contributing to that blog post. Carole, Sean monkey Butler Ian I won't say everyone's name here I'll, I'll finish off the people here here Mark uh Carol and Dee, Carol says she her plan period lined up for at least the beginning of this Carol's a teacher um so Carol thanks for popping in Mika is joining us from India thanks for popping in uh I do have a few random topics today to cover it's a little dark in here right now um but let's see if I can see oh yeah some games that I played recently I wanted to show off Some fun games. Hey, Anton! thanks for joining in. I got to play Nucleum last night. I'll pull it up on the other screen. So here is Nucleum. Definitely a heavier game than I usually play. But uh, here's the the player, mat. You can see there's a lot going on. It might remind you a little bit of Brass if you played Brass. My coworker, Alex, brought it and taught it. And he pitched it as uh, Brass meets Power Grid, which is very accurate. And I just filmed a video about it. The one thing I'll share here is that when I... I'm trying to find a good photo to show what I did. Here, here's a lot of stuff going on in the game. So oftentimes when I'm overwhelmed with a game, when a game has a lot of options, uh, you know, it's, it's a long setup, a long teach, I often focus on doing a few things or maybe I ignore something that I don't understand. And I was still able to have a lot of fun with the game. I basically ignored the whole core of the game, which is to uh, create energy and or generate energy and send it to power the little tiles that you're placing on the board allowing you to flip them over i ignored that whole thing i didn't get it so i ignored it and i just did all the other things that were interesting like the action tiles i was placing tiles on the board i just wasn't activating them like the game wanted me to and i still did pretty well in the game so i'm wondering if anyone else has ever done that do you ever when you're a little overwhelmed with rules in a game do you ever pick a few things to focus on and maybe one or two things to ignore Until you understand those things by the end of the game, I kind of understood it, uh, but it was a little bit too late for me to jump into to that strategy. Yes, that was Nucleum that I played recently. See, oh, Carol said, how long did it take? So took around 45 minutes to set up and teach the game or to learn the game. I was being taught and then around it was a three, three player game around two hours to play it and then another 15 minutes to clean up the game. Ian said he just scored 104 points in a solo game of Apiary. That's a, that's a great score in Apiary, Ian. And uh, Sean says he's hoping to to check out Nucleum at PAX U next week. Stonemaier Games will be at PAX U. We're working with Meeple Source as we sometimes do, to, uh, to showcase a few of our games, including Apiary and Expeditions and the Wingspan Fan Art Pack. Feel free to drop by to say hi to Dave and Alex will be there. And actually, the designer of Apiary, Connie, will be there too. So if you drop by at certain times, you might get, be able to get Connie to sign your game. Garrett says, I know you're trying to reduce the number of campaign games on your shelf right now, but I need to heartily recommend a ticket to ride. The surprises and unlocks keep surprising me in all the good ways. Garrett, I know I will eventually play it. I think I, I probably won't play it when it's the hot new thing right now because I have still have, um, we got to start playing role-player adventures. And I know that Mythwind... And slipping out as distant skies are on their way. But I'm so glad that you're enjoying it, the Ticket to Ride Legacy game, and I'm excited to play it someday. Uh, Melissa said, I went to see Thanksgiving last night at the theater, had to get into the holiday spirit with a nice holiday movie. Uh, I'm glad you had fun doing that, Melissa. I saw, or Megan and I saw, uh, the Marvels last week in the theater at the Alamo Draft House here in St. Louis, and we really enjoyed it. It is not doing well in the theater, but uh, we had fun. It was it was charming. It was funny. Um, yeah, it was it was a, a nice, fun Marvel movie, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was charming. And really, the the lead actress Iman, she is delightful. She she brings so much joy to the role of uh, of Miss Marvel. I can't wait to see her in future movies. Vera says, I played Nuclear three times and still barely managing to energize. I realized I focused too much on fulfilling contracts rather than optimizing and building a good network. Vera, that is exactly how I played last night. I focused on action tiles and the contracts and a little bit on achievements, those little stars, but I still had fun doing it. I, it, it almost made me wonder, like, why is all this other stuff here if you already have all these other fun elements that that feel really satisfying? Um, Oftentimes, that's kind of a rule when I'm designing a game. If I have to spend like pages and pages to explain one action, that's often a sign that that action is too complicated. But it's a testament to the game that the, the other 80% of the game is a lot of fun. Jeff says, love that you do that. First time I played Stone Age, I didn't buy one card. I just ignored them and played my game. I still had fun. Yeah, I, I think that was the same thing I did the first time I played Stone Age. I was like, those look really complicated. I'll just do these other things. these other things that are more intuitive. Carol says she did it with mosaic. Yeah, mosa- I did the same thing with mosaic too. Carol says, I also ignored parts of the board that were out of reach, which is probably why I didn't fully understand one action, thus ignoring it. I ignored combat when I played mosaic and I focused mostly on tech cards. So I kind of went deep in one thing. I ignored something else completely and did a little bit of the, all the other things as, as was necessary to keep my, my tech strategy. Missy says something similar about Hadrian's wall. There are two or three actions that I that she never uses actually Missy uh your your uh your logo here reminded me that I just finished this isn't a Wrexham logo but I just finished watching season two of Welcome to Wrexham so good I know I've recommended it before on this live cast but if you haven't watched Welcome to Wrexham a show about two Hollywood guys Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney who buy a fifth tier soccer team in um in Wales and it's about the story of this team in the town and and, and robin ryan it's it's just a beautiful story and really really good docu-series filming highly recommend it yeah tony here has another tv show recommendation he says have you watched scavengers rain on max it's an animated series the summary says the remaining crew of a damaged interstellar freighter ship find themselves stranded on a beautiful yet forgiving alien planet where they must struggle long enough to be escape to escape or be rescued as the survivors struggle to locate their downed ship and missing crewmates, their new home reveals a hostile world allowed to, th- allowed to thrive without human interference. Sounds like a cool board game property, Jamie. It does kind of sound like a cool board game property. Ryan's going to be a, t- a tiny bit of cryo, which I played recently. I have not heard of it. Would you recommend the show too, Tony, or are you just thinking of it in terms of board games? Melissa says, I hear the cat st- stole the show in that one. Is that the, the show that Tony just recommended? Oh, uh, talking about the Marvels. I'm sorry. Let's talk about the Marvels. Vera reminded me that I was talking about the Marvels. The cat, yeah. Um, I won't spoil anything, but it, you, it, you, there is a cat in it. That is not a spoiler. The, a cat makes a prominent has a prominent role in the movie, and I really enjoyed that part of it. Uh, let me. I, I'll come back to comments in a second. There are a few. I wanted to mention one other game real quick because we're coming up on on holidays, at least here in the U.S. And there's one game that I want to highly recommend for holiday gaming, lighter holiday gaming. And that is, I'll show you on my other screen, Blob Party. looks like this. Uh, Blob Party is a game that I played for the first time over the weekend a few times. I bought it. I played it because it looked great. It looks like exactly my style of social slash party game, which is it's fully cooperative. And what you are doing in this game is you are trying to write down the same answer on these pieces of paper after giving a prompt as all the other players. And so here are some of the prompts. Like you might have a prompt that says space movies. So that's the whole prompt and everyone needs to write down a space movie and not just any space movie, but the space movie that they think everyone else is also going to write down. So you're kind of getting in this headspace of other people. I think it's good for um, good for empathy in that way. You're trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And the really cool component hook in the game is this putty like Play-Doh substance where each player starts off as their own little blob with a googly eye that they put on the blob. And then as you, connect with other players. So if the purple player writes down the same thing as the yellow player, they merge their blobs together because the goal in the game is to have one big blob. And so these two players merge together and from then on, they will only present one answer for their blob. They'll both get to write down something and then they'll look at what they wrote down and choose which answer they want to present to the rest of the party until at the end of seven turns or hopefully before seven turns you become here what the blobs look like you become one cohesive blob let me see if i can find a photo of the blob all together looks like they don't have one here but yeah here's a, a good photo of what the blobs look like with the little googly eyes on them but it is just in terms of components and gameplay it is incredibly charming and i would highly recommend it i am bringing it to my family for thanksgiving and we are definitely going to play it. And I'm going to, it's just the type of game that you can play with really experienced gamers who want something light to begin or end the night. It's something good for people who aren't familiar with games. And I'm so grateful for Pam Walls for designing it. I, I, I'm I fairly new to her games, and I want to learn more now after playing uh, Blob Party. So highly recommend that. Mika says that he has Via Nebula coming tomorrow. Looking forward to diving in. He said, watch, your, you watch my, my video. It's been a while since I played Via Nebula. Um, but I hope you enjoy it yeah i heard that it was a little bit maybe inspired by terra mystica but maybe a much lighter version of terra mystica i hope you enjoy it george is going to watch the movie napoleon on sunday do I or is anyone else watching movies thank you george for mentioning that is anyone else watching movies over this this week when so many movies are coming out there, there's the new um new hunger games movie which the book i read i really really enjoyed the book the ballad of uh what is it songbirds and snakes i think uh, what it's called Really enjoyed that. I didn't hear good. I was really excited about the new Disney movie, Wish, but I have not heard good things about that, unfortunately. I'm curious about Napoleon. And uh, earlier, someone mentioned that they saw uh, Thanksgiving, a horror movie. Not probably one that I would pursue, but uh, for horror movie fans, I've heard good things about that one, too. Dave said he just played No Thanks for the first time at game night. Dave, That's a good one for for Thanksgiving gaming, too, I think. Such a simple game, but so much fun. I totally agree. I, I really, really love No Thanks. The other game I played, oh, I played Rumble Nation, one of my favorite combat style games. I played that over the weekend as well. I played Skull, one of the closest games of Skull that I've ever played. That's a fun Thanksgiving family time game as well. And I also played for the first time, let me pull this one up on the screen. I played Raising Robots. This is the latest game that kind of fits this engine building, tableau building, simultaneous action System that we've seen Earth use to great success, raising robots, a little more complicated than Earth, but just as satisfying in terms of the simultaneous play in the engine that you're building. We did this. This is highly unusual. We played this at uh, my my kind of heavier game night that I attend every other week or so. We played it, and while players were the other the other groups were playing, what were they playing? Um, they were playing uh, the art game by oh, what is the art game? art theme game a longer art theme game that i'm blanking on the name of and they were playing arc nova two other groups were playing those games we finished this game which is just as heavy as those games but because it's simultaneous it's much faster we played it and we were like you know we have another hour before they're going to finish arc nova and and the other art game that i'm forgetting the name of and uh we were like why don't we just play this again so we played two games of raising robots back to back and had a blast with both really really fun uh, tableau building, lots of cards, lots of fun tokens in the deluxe version. Really great simultaneous action selection system that isn't multiplayer solitaire. You are actually impacting what other players do and the strength of their actions and the strength of your action. And you have all these unique robots uh, that you're that you're charging up with these upgrade tokens. We had a lot of fun with raising robots. Um, and I, I I definitely look forward to playing that one again as well. Anyway, enough about the games that I've been playing. I'll go back to comments over here. Ian says, Hadrian's Wall, I almost completely ignore the pad on the right side, other than the citizen tracks, even if I say I'm going to use them. Ian is responding to the question I asked a little bit earlier. When, you, Whenever you play a fairly complex game, do you sometimes do what I do, which is focus on one thing really strongly, completely ignore one other thing, and just do a little bit of all the other actions to kind of learn how they work. But really the focus on ignoring one thing that you just don't get. Uh, so that you can still have fun with the other aspects of the game. So Ian is answering that for Adrian's wall. Hey, Justin's here. haven't seen Justin here in a while. Good to see you, Justin. He says, will you ever come to a PAX Unplugged? I'd love to play a game with you. I'd love to play a game with you too, Justin. Um, I'm not attending this year. Dave and Alex are attending this year. And I don't know if they'll actually have much time for gaming. We'll see. Uh, but they are a lot of fun to play games with if you have the chance to do so. I will hopefully someday attend more conventions that require travel. But But currently, really the only convention I attend to Focus on playing games is Geekway to the West here in St. Louis. Mark says, thanks for the latest blog post on becoming a better playtester. Yeah, this was my blog post yesterday. He says, it will, Mark will be keeping these close in mind and in his heart when he gets future projects to work on. Thanks, Mark, for considering that. This was, I certainly, I hope no playtester that we currently have feels like this was a criticism of them. I, I adore our lead playtesters and their playtest groups. It was more so a compilation of various thoughts and ideas that I've had over the last couple of years, since we did our last round of um, of gathering playtesters from our ambassador list. And I thought it might be useful for, for people, whether they, it's helpful for Stellmeyer ambassadors or ambassadors or or playtesters for other companies as well. That's on the Stellmeyer Games blog. What was my Thursday post? I did a Q and A Q&A video this weekend. That was the Sunday video about playtesting and prototyping. And what was my post on? The other day, what was the... On uh, Thursday, I talked about... Oh, yeah, I talked about StreamYard. I talked about this the service that I'm using, this platform that I'm using to stream this video right now, how I really, really like it. Oh, my coworker Joe is chiming in to say that he loves Scavenger's Reign. The planet itself has a wildly imaginative and fascinatingly depicted ecosystem. That's the biggest draw for me, but by the end of the show, I also cared about the characters. Well, that's two recommendations. Not that I always need two, but... Two is enough for me to write down Scavengers Rain. Scavenger's Rain on HBO as a show to watch. Thank you all for the recommendation. I appreciate that. Paul says his favorite game mechanism that Stomire has not yet used in the game. I imagine Stomire would make an incredible bag-building game. You know, Paul, I have tried. I I actually tried to make expeditions. I'll leave you coming up. I I tried to make expeditions a bag-building game. I wanted all these workers that were scattering around your mech and that you're pulling them from your bag. But I couldn't ever make thematic sense. I guess you can kind of make sense of it, but I couldn't make thematic sense of why they were disappearing for a while rather than just if I assigned a worker to, to steer the mech, it felt more right for that worker to just stay on the mech mat on that part of the mech until I was ready to retrieve them and s- assign them to something else rather than having them, having them disappear to the bag. So I struggled with the mechanisms and also the thematic integration. But I do love bag building. You probably heard me talk about Quacks, how much I love Quacks of Quimlinburg. So I'd, I'd love to design a bag building game someday or a game that uses something that you're pulling out of a bag beyond just the, the tiles and tapestry. Ian says, similar to ignoring parts of a game, for Age of Comics, a game that Ian has been talking about playing, there are so many mini expansions that I'm playing two-handed games and slowly adding in each thing because it would be too much all at once. And yeah, that's kind of a conundrum When you get a game with a bunch of modules or mini expansions included in the box. I'm always daunted by them, and I usually don't end up using them as a result. I, I kind of I really want the designer to tell, to tell me what the core experience is that they, that they advocate, that they strongly believe in, and let me play with that out of the box. Um, that's, that's helpful for me. I know people have different different opinions on modularity in games. Ray says, um, congrats on Apiary being in second place on the hotness list. Yeah, I'll show you that on my other screen here. Here is, I'm showing off Raising Robots here, but right under the White Castle, which has been very hot since Essen. Apiary, also a very hot game since Essen, and I'm happy to see it. Connie worked so hard on this game it put so many layers of creativity into apiary that i'm really excited that people are discovering it the retail release date for apiary I'll, I'll bring it up on the screen now i'm talking about apiary the retail release date was uh this past friday for apiary and the wingspan fan art pack if you played apiary i sent out a newsletter yesterday to talk about some of the things to think about when you're playing apiary if you haven't played it i also included some things to think about uh in in the newsletter there as well and i mentioned two other things that i'll I'll mention here live one if you have played apiary i would love for you to rate it um you can see here we're close to one thousand ratings 939 ratings so we're close to a thousand and uh the other thing that i wanted to pull up here is for apiary is the leaderboard so if you play apiary we love it when you um log your score whether or not you win or lose on apo you can log it here and at the end of the month I'll, I'll share who won at each player count but by logging your score you can see what it, i'll show you what look, what it looks like here it shows you the player count shows us the player count, your player order this is interesting data for us to gather like did the first player win more this did the second player win more um you know your hive mat your faction that way we can look to see if certain hive mats or factions are winning more than more than others in fact why don't we just i'm live right here this isn't Private information, totally. So let's look at what's happening. So you can see right here, more players have won in the second player position than in the first player in Apiary. And I think part of that is that a lot of the games are at two players. Um, You can see almost twenty percent of the games are also at one player. You can see pretty even spread among the hive mats. Maybe a little bit lower win rate with the Skep, and pretty good distribution with these different factions. Looks like Llama is proving to be slightly stronger than some of the other ones, and Secro, but uh, pretty good even distribution. And even though most of the people who report this end up being people who win, but you don't have to have one to fill out this form here. So yeah, just some, some interesting data about uh, about uh, Apiary. We, we gather this for a few other games too. We gather data for tapestry if you play tapestry and expeditions are some of the ones that we're tracking right now so we love it when you report that data to us so that we can use it to to learn from what people are doing and that the game is out there in the wild for thousands of people to play tony also recommends this scavengers rain show lincoln saying that he hasn't seen the movie barbie yet he's going to watch it with family that's awesome lincoln I loved watching Barbie in the theater and I look forward to watching it again. As I was watching it in the th- theater, I was like, this is so much fun. And I also look forward to watching this movie again in the future. Vera's excited about Blob Party, the game that I mentioned a few minutes ago. Highly recommend it. Really, we had a blast with it. Wonderful, cooperative, social style game. Paul's excited about the Dune movie. I asked about pe- what movies people are excited about. Dune did get pushed back to March, but I heard recently, Paul, that it actually got bumped up by two weeks. So instead of coming out on like March 15th, I think it will now be released on March 1st, the second dune movie. Melissa got the just got the the game Septima, and she's digging it so far. I think I, I saw some great photos of Septima posted recently. That might have been you, Melissa, might have been someone else. Um Corey says Thanksgiving movie tradition for myself is to watch Thanksgiving, which is a cheesy raunchy horror B movie. I think there's also a horror movie called Thanksgiving that came out this week, Corey. If that uh I doubt they're related, but might be worth checking out if you like that style of movie here's molly from the mill joining in we're celebrating american thanksgiving here in canada jamie doesn't want to miss it uh, that's nice that you get a little bit of both you get canada canadian thanksgiving and american thanksgiving a little bit of both we had our friends thanksgiving this past weekend i brought some blondie brownies and cranberry cocktails and the spread of food you can see it on instagram the spread of food was really really delicious We also went out to dinner for a nice dinner with some friends, a nice date night at a restaurant called A Car here in St. Louis. That was really delicious. I'm looking forward to eating some leftovers from lunch today after this live cast. What else is happening? Played some disc golf over the weekend. Um, Saw the Marvels. I did select the realms for Rolling Realms game 60. So every 10 games for Rolling Realms, the tradition has become that instead of playing published realms like Apiary, which will be coming out, Soon, November 29th, we'll finally have the Apiary Realm come out a little bit later than the game. Um, every 10 games, instead of playing games that we promote realms that we've released, I play realms created by fans that I haven't played on a previous livecast. So let me see if I can find the list here offhand that we are playing in a few weeks. Okay, yeah, so here are the realms that we're going to play. That I will live play in a few weeks. Not next week, I don't think, because next week is newsletter week. I think it'll be the week after that. I'm going to play One Good Apple, The Mill, Flock Together, Fromage, Spirit Island, My Father's Work, Wingspan Asia, Canvas, and New Year's Day. So these are all fan-created realms. These aren't real realms, but they are real in that someone created them and designed them and has played them. I'm going to be playing those realms in about two weeks. And it's a lot of fun i would i would highly recommend that if you get the chance to play against me live or play with me live or play with me in the future on the youtube channel they are a lot of fun to play and we offer them for for free you can just print them and play and play off them um there's a post in the rolling rooms facebook group there's a post on board game week where you can see a link to the uh the the three pages that you just would download and print and play along with me i'll i'll remind you in the future before i do this it'll be in two weeks. I'll remind you then, but you can get set for it if you if you want. You can look at some of the clever designs of these realms that we're going to be playing with. Corel, actually, this is a good timing because Corel assembled these pages for, for people to print out. Corel has a fun question. I know that your favorite player color is red, just as, as mine is. I do often play with red. So I was wondering, what color do you normally play in Viticulture as it doesn't have red? Yeah, a little story about this, Corel. In the very first pre-production copy I got of, of Viticulture, back in... It was probably late 2012. Yeah, I think it was around this time of the year in 2012. It was like Thanksgiving, Christmas of 2012. Got the pre-production copy and I had red, orange, and purple in the game. There was no white at the time. And as we were playing this, this, uh, this very early version of the game, in somewhat low lighting, I admitted that I could not really tell the difference between red, orange, and purple. In particular, red, I was confusing with both of those other colors. And so I made the very difficult decision to cut my own color from Viticulture. So I had to cut red from Viticulture, replace it with white, which is easier to tell. It was kind of my first foray into understanding the difficulties that colorblind players have when they when they see reds and greens and other colors in games. I didn't fully comprehend it at the time. I still don't fully comprehend it, but I try to relate to it and have empathy for it by using a colorblind app so I can have better color differentiation and have dual coding in our games so you can easily... Tell the difference between various components. But um long answer to this this story. But Corel in viticulture, I usually play with the colors that are close to red. So I either play with orange or I play with purple. Typically it's orange. Orange is probably the closest color that I get to red in games that don't have red as a as a color option. Yeah. What about you? What do you what do you play when you have a game that Corel or, or anyone who has a set color that you you are you you're used to playing with you usually play with that color and that color isn't in the game what is your go-to backup color that the game typically offers uh George has a comment about the new Hunger Games movie that I'm curious about having read the book he says he saw it worth seeing it added new story content besides the normal Hunger Games that you would expect to see normally. Yeah it was very interesting to see or to read about how the Hunger Games started out and how they were very different than the very fancy high budget version that we see in the in the original trilogy. Let's see, uh, roll and rate says, been playing a lot of lucky numbers. I think it'll be a hit with with family over Thanksgiving. I agree, I, I could definitely see that game being, and I said, thank you, okay. I am a few minutes behind now, but the game that I was talking about, the art theme game is the Gallerist. The Gallerist is the game that was played at the same time as Ark Nova and our game of raising robots, where we played two games of raising robots at the same time that it took the other groups to finish one game of Gallerist and one game of Ark Nova. Not that more is better, um, but it was nice to play a fairly heavy game in a and play it back to back fairly expediently because it was a simultaneous action game and there were still interactions in the game. There were definitely still player interactions there. Melissa said, or Melinda, sorry, Melinda. Uh, she said she'll be seeing Napoleon this weekend. She saw the Hunger Games prequel already and was pleasantly surprised. I would recommend the book to Melinda. Says that she hadn't read that read that first book, um, or the the the, the prequel. Um, It wasn't the first book and I would highly recommend it. I'm trying to think if I I enjoyed it even more than the first book in the trilogy, but I know I enjoyed it more than the second and third books, which I read. I still enjoyed them, but I thought they fell into some, some trappings of having a very passive and uh, protagonist at certain times in those books, whereas the protagonist or almost anti-hero is what, what they become in the, the prequel is, is highly active much more active protagonist in the, in the prequel book. Ray said that, oh, we're talking about the the Dune movie. Um, the Dune movie is coming out on Ray first. Yeah. Lincoln's excited about Sky Team. I need, I still need to play Sky Team. Uh, I, I've heard great things about it. It seems like my style of cooperative game, limited information, cooperative game. Uh, Justin says it's been a bit since he's been able to pop in here and he's bringing Crokinole to Thanksgiving. He also played Nucleum over this weekend and had a really good time with it. Glad you had fun with it, Justin. I'm curious if you were able to grok all the systems in the way that I was not able to grok the energize action until close to the end of the game. And by then I was so entranced by the other mechanisms that I just focused on them instead. David is here. David is Connie's partner. He says for people attending PAX, you Connie and I will be there. If you see us, say hi. You may have seen David be very active. Thank you, David. And the various conversations about apiary on board game geek and in the apiary facebook group answering questions offering clarifications and even designer insights because david has play tested apiary many many times with connie thank you david so much for going to pax you and saying hi to people when you're there with connie melinda says she's played a bunch of new games this weekend barcelona which she loved i'm curious about that melinda also played diced veggies taverns and dragons and the art project uh, but Kevin was trying so hard over and over. Our oh, project is cooperative. I don't, I don't think I realized that our project was cooperative. And Barcelona, I've heard great things about that. I love the art on the box of Barcelona, but I haven't played it yet. Jim is popping in here from What Board Game. Jim says that he's really enjoying Apiary. API is so good. Thanks for bringing it to our table. Thank you, Jim. Um, I mentioned your review yesterday in the API update that went out. So hopefully more people will discover your, um, your blog that way, Jim. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share your thoughts on our games. Alan says, I only joined the modern board game hobby less than a year ago, so this Thanksgiving will be my first since starting his collection. Not going to force anything, but bringing a few with me. What are you choosing to bring to Thanksgiving, Alan, that you think that will the other people that who are there will connect with? Glenn has a nice comment. I love the crowdfunding blog so much. It has already helped me so much. I was wondering, so far, it already helped me so much. I was wondering if you would recommend using Tabletop Simulator to playtest a game. So, Glenn, a lot of people would recommend Tabletop Simulator. I, for, there's some moral and ethical reasons that I won't go into here. I mean, that isn't really fair to tabletop simulator. I'll, I'll go into them because it that's it, more fair to, to say why. The overall answer that I will give you, Glenn, is that I would recommend tabletopia, not tabletop simulator. Um, tab- the folks at tabletop simulator had some anti-LGBTQ plus stuff happen a few years ago um, involved that didn't, it, when we looked into it, it didn't seem like a one-time mistake. It seemed like a culture of um, it seemed like a cultural issue uh, with not cultural like like one one person's culture versus another person's culture. It seemed like a cultural issue at the company where they weren't uh, providing a safe, welcoming, inclusive space for LGBTQ people, and so that uh, we uh, we looked deep into it before we made that decision to not use or advocate Tabletop Simulator as a result. I do hope that they have grown and evolved over time. Like anyone, anyone has this chance to grow and improve and evolve. So I want to give them hopefully credit for doing that. I think they did take some steps towards that soon after we made our decision to work with Tabletopia and not Tabletop Simulator. We pulled all our games from Tabletop Simulator. Um, so anyway. Long answer short there. Uh that that I recommend Tabletopia for playtesting if you need to do digital playtesting, but I would also recommend mixing that with on the table playtesting. I think that's really really important to see how components how players actually interact with the components, what's annoying, what ends up being like annoying to use on the tabletop. Something might not be annoying digitally. Um so a mix of the two I would I would recommend using. Longer answer there than I think you were looking for. I probably could have just said Tabletopia. Mark says he just played Veil of Eternity for the first time last night. I don't think I know anything about that one, Mark. What's what's your favorite thing about it so far? Carol says, Did you see the Sanderson deck builder announcement? I did see that uh, a great designer. Um I'll blank on who the designer is, but it's a Mistborn themed deck building game from a designer I trust. Oh, John Declare, uh, the designer of Space Base. So I'm really excited about it. I yeah, I I, I love Mistborn, I love Brandon Sanderson. And John D. Clare is a great designer. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with that. Corey says about the Playtester article, I had a group of designers from New York, uh, from North Carolina, I believe, try my game at a, out at a convention. And their first question was, do you want us to play your game or do you want us to critique your game? It was a great mindset. Uh, yeah, I love, I love uh, that question. I think sometimes you can do both. I, I think you can... Although it's a really good question because sometimes people just want to watch others play the game you can learn a lot from just doing that and asking uh asking about the difference between the two i really really like that question Corey. Do, do you want us to play your game so you can learn from seeing other humans play the game or do you want us to critique it thanks thanks for sharing that alan says he's played or oh no this is the games that alan's bringing to thanksgiving herd mentality king of tokyo sushi go zombie kittens and a few others I haven't played all of those, but I can definitely see King of Tokyo and Sushi Go go over well with maybe some people who don't know much about modern gaming or even people who are. A good, good mix of the two. Mark says, uh, I focused only on the fire type cards and built my engine around. The next time I play it, I will use different types to see which strategy will work better. Is that the Veil of Eternity game that you're talking about, Mark? Keith has a non-board gaming question. Over the years, uh, you have looked great. Thank you, Keith. So, um... Nice of you to say that can you share what's your fitness uh, regimen uh i appreciate you saying that i i've uh my job is largely sedentary and so i have learned that i need to actively take care of myself especially as i have reached into my 40s if i want to um want to stay healthy so thank you for asking about that keith um uh, very briefly i have a couple of different things combinations i have a sit-stand desk so that i whenever I, i i try to alternate throughout the day i think that keeps me moving a little bit I have around a 20-minute workout routine that I do pretty much every day, which is I do a little bit of weights, I do a little bit of core, and I run up and down the stairs of my building for around 10 minutes. So I just basically get my heart rate up with a a little mix of different exercises for 20 minutes. Once a week, I play disc golf. So I get outside, have some other type of physical activity, and I eat largely vegetarian with a touch of pescatarian um, in there. Uh, I do still love sweets. Sweets are my undoing. But I try my best to balance them. I try not to keep sweets on my desk. So at least I have to go someplace else to get those sweets if I'm going to eat them. That's what has worked mostly for me. My cholesterol still isn't great. But I'm starting to wonder if there um, might be some genetic some genetics mixed in there too. Not just uh, how I'm exercising and and, and what I'm eating. Ray says he hasn't played any games recently, but this weekend he's playing on Junior Imperium Expeditions, just one, between two cities, and whatever else his family is in the mood for. Great combination of, of lighter and heavier games there, Ray. I hope you have a wonderful time playing them with your family. Monkey Butler recommends King of New York more than King of Tokyo. I don't think I've, maybe, maybe i played King of New York. I, played, I haven't played either of them in a long time, though. Uh, Akwi says, a previous livecast I asked about software and you re- mentioned Trello, which I've also started using. Would you be able to share your setup and how you use Trello? Really curious about your workflow. So I use it mostly for um, for just keeping track of ideas. So I just, I have like a, oh, there's Walter coming in. Hey, Walter. I have a, a Trello setup for, uh, for content. So I have a Trello for content that is like what blog post ideas do I have? What things do I want to include in future newsletters? So these are individual lists in Trello that I'm keeping for those ideas. Uh, what what do I want to talk about on my next um, video about a game? I have that sort of thing. Then I have a separate Trello for, uh, for general game ideas. And then sometimes I have individual Trellos for specific brands of games. So I have one for... Um, for expeditions, so I have like a column and expeditions of future ideas to use, or like what we're putting in this in this one expansion and what I think about that. So that, that's a general idea. I'm not not going to show it on the screen because I have a lot of a lot of spoilers there, but um, that is my general setup for Trello. Kianata says, "Great content, thank you. Given the frequency of your videos and the quality you already deliver, thank you for the compliment. Have you considered a better studio space and a broader range of content?" Uh, totally fair question. Uh, no on the studio space like I, I really like to be able to just sit down on my computer and record a video I, I anything more than that would um would I think discourage me from from creating the content and a broader range of content I create, i mean the broad the, the range that I already create is is pretty broad it's it's enough that I, enough that I want to create my my core focus at stillmeyeyer games is is not just the content that I create for like the videos, the blogs, things like that um that is a very, very small part of my job and I need to keep it very small so I can focus on the other parts of my job that are that are really important that, that involve actually making tabletop games. So I don't see myself as a content creator in that way even though content creation is a very small part of my job, but um, yeah, I like my studio. I like being able to just sit down on my computer and I like the content. I like the, the types of content that I get to create, but uh, yeah. But let me know if there's a certain type of video that would add value to you that is about game design that you don't already see me creating that you would be interested in, always feel free to mention it. Yeah. Boros says that they did not receive the Apiary newsletter. So this wasn't a general newsletter. This was if you subscribe to Apiary updates specifically, this was an update about that. So feel free to check that out. Um, It's also on the Apiary page of our website. And if you don't subscribe, there's a link on the, the, uh, on the newsletter that will let you subscribe to it. Hey, Chad. Oh, Corey says, on the Amazing Race this weekend, the contestants had to build an apiary. Oh, that's really cool. I'm sure that introduced the word to some holiday shoppers. That's perfect timing, Corey. I don't watch the Amazing Race. I've watched a few seasons. I don't currently watch it. But I do love Survivor, as many of you have maybe heard me talk about. And I'm loving the current season of Survivor. There was a great episode this past week, a great episode the previous week. It's been a really, really great season. Um... Just scrolling through, looking for a few questions here as I maybe start to wrap up today. I'm probably not going to hang out for the full hour today. Um, Lincoln says that he's really enjoying API. Thank you, Lincoln, for saying that. And uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you gave it a shot. Uh, let's see. Darren says it only asks for the score of the winner, and it doesn't have an option for the automa winning. You know, I probably need to rephrase that a little bit, Darren. Uh, you're right. I need to, that was one of the earliest forms I created the leaderboard forum and doesn't have an option for the automa winning oh interesting for the automa winning the game yeah okay thank you for that reminder i will update the tapestry form uh so it's not just asking for the winning score not just winner and option option for automatic yeah thank you for mentioning that i'll fix that after this video well carol got an early birthday gift the witcher two witcher old world expansions i'm hoping to play that one with you someday carol i know you've, you've ta- spoken very highly about it that was one of the hotter games earlier this year i haven't heard much talk about the witcher in the last few months but maybe that's just the way the games work carol's planning on playing viticulture or wingspan this weekend with family her wing her in-laws like wingspan maybe you could share the uh the fan art pack with them carol and have some whimsical fun with that that fan art pack ian says when's the next reveal for redux it's actually happening tonight ian uh yeah you i'll send out the rolling realms redux newsletter tonight that'll have the the newest realm that we're revealing for rolling realms redux which is still on track for release around midway through next year maybe maybe september of next year chad says his life is so busy so he's been getting back into playing marvel champion solo that's fun i've heard great things about that game solo other than rolling realms when you're in the mood what do you play solo I really do not play many games solo. I played for Northwood recently solo and had fun doing that. But typically, if I'm going to play a game solo, um, I'll often turn to a digital game. Good stretch there, Walter. Yeah, I'll often turn, turn to a digital game. Not a specific digital game necessarily, but a digital game. I'm a little behind on playing digital games. I need to do that. Oh, I totally forgot about my question of the day. Let me ask a quick question here. This is a topic that I've been thinking about a little bit. I'm looking for. Games in which you are playing playing some cards face down as hidden information. Uh, and I'll give you some examples for context to make this make sense. So in the game Sunday Split, uh, one player will choose a bunch of cards to reveal to all players to look at, to choose from. They'll kind of split them up into piles. But on some of those piles, they'll put face down cards. So it's unknown information. It could be something really good. It could be something bad. This is also the case in Tussie Mussy. Battlestar Galactica, I think I would arguably say has this. You're playing cards into the skill test pile face down. Uh, the game Unrest was one that came to mind recently. Unrest has you playing some cards face down in, in Unrest. Very new game. And also in Hidden Leaders, there are some face down cards. So I was trying to think of some other games where you're playing face down cards, among other face up cards, typically, as hidden information uh, for players to consider as they're making choices. But if you think of any other games that do that, let me know in the comments. Um, Mika says they visited. He visited a board game cafe for the first time this weekend and was highly impressed. Uh, they have an hourly rate, tons of games, a nice food menu, and they'll come teach you to play the game. Yeah, I love. I love game cafes. We have a wonderful one in St. Louis called Pieces. That is superb. It's wonderful. So Chad asked a good question here that leads into an answer that, that I want to share with everyone. Chad says, what Black Friday deal are you looking into, if any? So I wanted to let everyone know that some of our games we, we, and I know that Chad wasn't asking this about some of our games, but I wanted to say that some of our games, our method for Black Friday and Small Business Saturday is that instead of having a special stay, sale on our web store, we encourage you to go to a preferred local retailer, one that, that is really good at serving the community and serving you and buy something there. Um, Yeah, so we... We really push people away from our web store for Black Friday and Small Business Saturday and, and push you towards, in a, in a healthy way, if you have a good store locally, I know not everyone does, um, to, to, to go and, and support a local store. Um, they are they're still the backbone of our supply chain, even though we do sell games directly. And there are online retailers, too, that do a good job of serving customers. But uh, for Black Friday and Small Business Saturday in particular, we encourage people to go to their local store. So that is something that you'll see on social media from Stonemeyer Games um, on Friday yeah huh. okay melissa has a clarification about these horror movies that were brought up she says thanksgiving and thanksgiving are different movies thanksgiving is based off roth's old fake grindhouse trailer okay i thought i had heard something like that i appreciate the details melissa yeah for clarifying the difference between those two movies people are answering now the question that i asked earlier about if you if your color in the game is taken what color do you choose instead um i'll uh, dominic says purple but he chooses green as a backup Jim will take what other color contrast, what other the other colors that the other players have taken. I I do like that. In fact, in in nucleon last night, there was a teal and a blue, very similar colors. And so we only chose one of those colors in our three player game. See some other colors mentioned here. I won't read them all off, but I'm kind of scrolling through out of curiosity. As I'm seeing this Aquinium says hunger games, board game using red rising inspired mechanisms can maybe see that. I think the difficulty with hunger games is one of the core hooks of the game is that it is an elimination based game, right? And so uh, player elimination does not typically go over well on the table.top. There are exceptions. I have a video about player elimination, but um, but yeah, I can see maybe a different take on that, maybe a focus on the sponsors or something like that. OK, so Corell asked the original question, so I'll show his answer. He says, his favorite color is red. but When that isn't available, I fall back to close colors like orange, sometimes yellow, and Maracaibo, it's green, as the choices are limited. Oh, I did want to ask you all today uh, another question for you is, I signed up for a blood donation today. Um, I used to donate blood every six months, I and I have had trouble finding blood drives locally. I don't know why. Maybe they don't have the staffing as much, but I, I haven't found it as much locally. But I, I do it around this time of year to honor my dad. My, my dad passed away a few years ago and his birthday is in November. So it's a good annual reminder to me that to honor my, my dad, the, the cancer struggle that he had, that I wanna give blood every November if I can, to donate blood. So I signed up for a blood donation today. I'm gonna go later this afternoon to do it. But I signed up for something that I haven't done before. And I'm curious if any of you have done it and can maybe reassure me that it's not too different than normal blood donation, but it's called a Power Red donation. Where it's only only certain blood types are eligible for it. I'm O positive, and so I'm, I, I believe I am eligible for this power red donation. But apparently, it's something that they they are both taking blood out of me, but they're and are, they're also putting a saline solution back into me and into my bloodstream, which I've heard can help hydrate me faster, uh, but it takes longer. Um, and I do have a time constraint today in terms of the amount of time that I have to give blood, so I'm hoping it doesn't take too long. But I haven't ever given blood in such a way that something else is being put back into my system at the same time so I'm curious if anyone else has ever done a power red blood donation and can let me know how it is if it's okay if it's uh, how different it is than a normal blood donation I'm sure it's safe I'm sure it's fine um I just uh yeah maybe a little bit more nervous than normal than uh about giving blood because I haven't done this power red style donation before uh, Cody says, just wanted to thank you for sending me a note for his Air Force retirement. Yeah, Cody, congratulations. Uh, hope you're doing well. Looking forward to getting the APR to the table. Uh, thank you, Cody, for saying that. And thank you for your service and congratulations on your retirement. Yeah. Boros asking for his daughter, any news about Red Rising expansions? Yeah, we haven't, we haven't announced yet if we're doing something in the future for Red Rising. I, I can say that we are talking about doing something. But we haven't decided for sure if we are doing something and what shape it will take if we do something in the future of the red rising world. Currently, the only information that we have is through book six and that there will be a book seven. And so I I don't know exactly how we're going to deal with that, because I I think we we would like to create something. We're probably going to try to create something and see if it works, but we won't have the book seven information in hand as we are creating it. So we'll see about that. Ray sure, right? says that they're playing Apiary this weekend, and they're very excited. I hope you have fun with it. I, I'm looking forward to, to more and more people playing Apiary with their friends and family. Um, so Justin mentioned that he played Nucleum recently, and I asked him if he focused on some things more than others. He says he actually did Energize and Building most. Lo- he said, I loved everything about the game. Energize is what I did least. Energize was the one th- action that I did not understand, so I just ignored it and did the other stuff and Nucleum. let's see just scrolling through uh through here uh tony says he got to play expeditions for the first time this weekend it broke his brain so many choices so many paths to victory love how unique it is thank you tony hopefully it was a good brain baking brain breaking thing ali got my group interested in scythe i have actually seen an uptick in people playing Scythe and talking about Scythe ever since expeditions came out which is great and Tony says he also enjoyed Jakub Rosalski's artwork on the cards and expeditions. Thanks, Tony. I'm excited to share the Expedi- expeditions expansion with people later next year, 2024. It's going to be a fun year. Um, oh, I do have one other question. I have so many questions for you today. Only 10 minutes left. The other question I wanted to ask is, have any of you ever used stretch pay on GameFound? So GameFound offers this thing. GameFound is a crowdfunding platform, similar to Kickstarter, mostly for games. On GameFound, instead of paying a lump sum, like you typically do for Kickstarter, say it's a $100 game, you pay $100 when the game funds. Instead of paying just that, you can choose stretch pay on some um, some campaigns where you pay a certain amount each month as decided by the creator. So instead of paying $100 upfront, you can pay $20 over five months until you're completely paid up for that, um, for that game. Uh, I'm curious if anyone has ever used this and what your experience has been with it. Do you like the option? Uh, yeah. Have you had a good experience with it? Have you ever canceled midway through paying that stretch pay? And what does that look like when you when you cancel halfway through? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, on that stretch pay system. I want to write about it on the blog in the near future. Uh, yeah, people, are, I've asked the question of, have you, are you playing any games over Thanksgiving? I know this isn't a perfectly inclusive question because many people are watching right now who aren't in the U.S. who don't celebrate Thanksgiving. But I would extend the question to general holiday time with friends and family. What games are you playing? What games do you think will work with people who are maybe heavier gamers, lighter gamers, people who haven't played modern games all that much? Yeah. Um, Andrew says, the new Ark Nova expansion is our current add-on of choice. Yeah, I've really enjoyed my one play so far, the Arc Nova expansion. I'm hoping to get it to the table more often. I don't know if I'll have time for longer games over the holidays, though. We'll see. I need to choose some games that I can share with my mom and enjoy with my mom. Let's see. The extraction says, we historically have played games at the holidays, but over the years have struggled as some family members have developed age-related issues like Parkinson's, and most game groups require some writing that can be an issue. Do you or anyone have suggestions for party family games that don't require writing? That's a great question. Uh, Codenames. Codenames does not require writing. It is a there is a cooperative version of Codenames. I think the one that's most well-known is the one that either has uh, images or text. So there's both versions. So even if you have people who can't read, that isn't the case. Parkinson's, I, I don't think. Um, but uh, but yeah, you don't have to write anything in in, in Codenames. The other ones, I'm thinking of the other code, the party games that I really enjoy. Just One, you have to write. So Clover, you have to write. Fun Facts, you have to write. And in the one I had mentioned today, Blob Party, you do also have to write. But codenames, I, I would go with codenames. I think that's a good, good option to consider if you're looking for those sorts of social party style games. Um, yeah. I'm scrolling here through, through here looking for a few quick questions. Uh, oh, yeah. Steve asked about the chocolate of the day today. Thank you, Steve, for asking about it. What will be my chocolate of the day? You know, I have a piece of baklava left over from Friendsgiving on Sunday that if Megan will let me eat some of it, I will very much enjoy it. So I would say a piece of homemade baklava as my treat of the day for today. What about you, Steve? What are you enjoying today as your treat of the day? Chris has a nice comment about expeditions. It's become, It's been living on my tabletop for solo play ever since. I keep returning to it to take turns during my work breaks. Absolutely loving it. Thank you. And Chris, I'll give thanks to the Automa Factory team. Morton and his team for creating the solo mode and expedition so that you can play it solo in that way. I'm very happy to hear that. I'll scroll through looking for a few more questions here. Uh, Matt says, having many of the key rules written on the main board has made teaching Apiary so much easier. I would love to see this more often in other worker placement games. Matt's talking about how on the actions in Apiary, we describe the action in text on the, most of those actions. Describe what you're getting if you place a normal worker and what you're getting if you place a four strength worker as well. Um, just write it out in text on the board with icons, but with text as well. Uh, The one where I thought maybe we could have gone into a little bit more detail is the explore action. There are a few things that you need to remember to understand how that works. After you do it once, it's very easy to understand. And it is a rewarding, not a punishing action, but we probably could have put a little bit more information there to explain how that works. Uh, Philippe says, I just bought Expeditions, the Ironclad version and haven't played it yet. Have you read or seen any reviews about the game? How do you react to those reviews? You know, Philippe, I actually try really hard not to listen to or watch or read reviews about uh, games made by Stonemaier Games. And the reason for that, not because I don't respect the reviews of reviewers or the opinions of reviewers and their perspectives. I I watch plenty of reviews about other games so I can learn from those reviewers. But I don't do it because I don't want any of my bias to impact which reviewers I send games to. Uh, You know, I'm a human being. I'm impacted by someone saying they hated my game. Um, And so I try to remove that bias so that anyone who watches a review about our games knows that they're getting an unbiased review. Um, completely unfettered by any selection bias on my part. So I I don't watch or read or listen to reviews. It just, if a reviewer sends me a link to the review and says, Hey, I reviewed your game. Thanks for sending it to me. Uh, I post the review. I post a link on our website. So you will probably see links on our website to reviews that are not positive about our games that are hopefully constructive, but are probably not positive. And uh, so you can get that unbiased perspective about them, but you'll also see some hopefully some very positive reviews in there that are equally not selected by me. They were just, that's just what the reviewer decided to share about the game. Yeah. That's my approach. Uh George says, Does Tapstry and other Stomajer games have the email notifications like for news about them specifically once in a while? I can't, I can't remember it. I think APR is the first one that does this. Uh Expeditions is the first one that does it, that that we did this for. We have kind of monthly or semi-monthly updates about expeditions. And we're doing it for Apiary. I'm hoping to do it for more games, too. Um, I kind of wish I had done it for Wingspan. And maybe it isn't too late for Wingspan. But I feel like there's lots of things to share about Wingspan every month and uh, that Wingspan fans would want to hear about. And I, you know, I I figured we have these game-specific Facebook groups. Sometimes it's just nice. I know it's rare to say that, but sometimes it's just nice to get an email saying, hey, like, here are the, the fun things happening this month over the last few months with this game? What are the latest reviews? Is there a latest? Is there an official variant that's been developed? What's the latest in the FAQ? Who won? Who has the highest score over the last few months? Those types of things. We're trying to at least try that a little bit more to see how people are interested in it. So yeah, we're, we're testing it for Apiary Expeditions and we'll, we'll try it for future games as well. Kevin says, what did you think of the auction on Survivor this past week? Personally, I don't like it. It really was not an auction. Oh, Kevin, I loved it. I love the Survivor auction. So, so Survivor used to do this auction where they'd bring out, They'd give give everyone a certain amount of money, like real money, and um, they'd offer food items for people to choose from. And the thing they also learned from those past auctions is that they used to offer some advantages for auctions. People could pay for an advantage. The thing they did this year, they had a a few clever hooks that I'll talk about real briefly for people who didn't watch it. Spoilers if you do watch it, uh, or yeah, don't listen to this if you haven't watched the latest episode of Survivor, but they didn't give people a set amount of money. They made people run through the forest and collect money bunch of different hidden money so that people had different amounts. People didn't start with the same exact amount. They had to work for it a little bit. And then they also had a raw sale mechanism that made people not know exactly when the auction would end. So that was part two of it. They, you didn't know when it was en- ending. So you didn't know if you were going to have six items or 15 different items to bid on. They also said there are no advantages. They're all food items. They got that out of the way. It's just going to be food. Um, and last, they said the person who had the most money left over at the end of the auction, if anyone was really kind of pushing their luck to save money and only spend spend money after everyone else had already bid, uh, whoever had the most money would lose their vote in the next auction. I thought all these elements worked really, really well. I don't even know if there's much that I would change about it. Uh, I, I just I thought overall it it, it worked beautifully to add that tension to the auction as to to not knowing when it would end, to have that different monetary amounts, um, to have the risk of being the person with the most. And my strategy, if I ever did it would be to slowly spend money. I would not try to spend my money fast because losing a vote isn't that bad of a penalty in the end. I'd rather be the last player standing to spend $20 on another food item than another $20 on another food item and have a full stomach after be, after starving for like two weeks on, on Survivor. So I actually really, really liked it, Kevin. Joe said, "Thanks for the recommendation for the podcast Decision Space. Great podcast about gaming. He says I've been enjoying it. Got me to play Castles of Burgundy for the first time this week. They love Castles of Burgundy. So at least my friend Jake does. He's over at Decision Space podcast." Chad says on last week's Man vs. Meeple live stream, which happened last right after last week's live stream, someone mentioned that Sumire Games has now made great games featuring birds and bees. That is definitely true. Yeah, sheer coincidence, but definitely true. Okay, a few more questions real quick. Uh, Visceral says, I'm wondering if you can give me more de- more details why they're on expansions on, of some of our games on Board Game Arena. I attend these streams every week, and I know you've touched on it pre- previously. Yeah, very briefly, the reason that we typically don't put expansions on Board Game Arena is that we are not using Board Game Arena as a replacement for the game. We're using it as an introduction to our games, so you can learn how to play our games on Board Game Arena and still play the core game with friends. But if you want to go deeper into the game, we want you to have that experience on the tabletop itself. Um, We are making kind of a slight exception for that with tapestry. So if you check out tapestry right now, now, we're allowing the civilizations from the expansions to be incorporated into tapestry and board game arena, not all the other elements, but just the civilizations. So they'll be on board game arena. And I believe uh, the plans employees, uh, sibs are in beta testing for tapestry and board game arena right now. Okay. Let me scroll through for a few more questions. Oh, Melissa says she's playing stray. That's one I really want to play or watch a friend play. It's a, it's probably too difficult for my uh, digital gaming skills, but uh, but I've heard great things about it. Melissa, I hope you enjoy it. Okay, the question I asked about putting some cards face up, face down. Here we go, get some answers here. I see Airland and Sea. It's been a while since so I've played that. Air, Land, and Sea. I see Netrunner. These are games that you can play where some of the cards that you're playing are secretly face down. Oh, yeah, Chad points out that in Cat in the Box, you have a mechanism where you discard one card face down. It's close to this category, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, Hickory Dickory, I've not played Hickory Dickory. has some face down cards. Hickory Dickory, thank you all for these examples. Uh, Truffle Shuffle, I've not played Truffle Shuffle. Oh, yeah, and although, yeah, it's not, It's unknown information, similar to Seven Wonders Duel, but you are not the one putting that information face down. Um, Gloomhaven does have some face down cards yeah, but you're revealing them to all players. It's just like temporarily hidden. I guess that is arguably in the same category too, Dominic. You can see that. Skull has face down. Yeah, I guess maybe maybe in that case, I'm looking for more like some face up, some face down. I know I'm, I'm altering this category as I'm talking here. Let's see if there's any other ones. Okay, Ray. Thank you, Ray, for popping in. This is I asked him about a power red blood donation that I'm doing later today. Um, He says it takes maybe 20 minutes for the saline solution to circulate. It also feels very cold, but beyond that, it's not too bad. Okay. I haven't given plasma, so I don't have that experience, Ray, but thank you for sharing that. Uh, Paul also has something else about it. It takes the plasma out of the blood and puts it back into your body. It does take a bit longer than a typical blood draw. I haven't done it, but I hear it's an odd feeling when the saline goes back in, but it's not bad. Awesome, and thank you, Paul, for donating, donating, and coordinating blood drives. You know, maybe this is me. I need to take responsibility. I'm saying that I don't have enough blood drives in the area. Maybe Stomire Games should just host a blood drive sometime in St. Louis. If that's, uh, I don't want to pass off that passion to my coworkers, but it is a big thing for me. It's, I, I, I really believe in the power of donating blood. It takes a little bit of time. It doesn't take money, uh, and uh, and your blood. Most people's blood renews rather quickly. I know not everyone can give, but it is something to do. And I, I was afraid of it at first. I thought, you know, is this, going, is this going to hurt? Am I going to feel weak for a while? But really, it was fine. I think my one mistake ever with giving blood is that I had a beer later that night. That was a mistake. I had a terrible headache, but I, I don't, I rarely have, have to have a beer anyway. So, okay, here we go. Dominic says, I haven't heard Power Red, but the concept of putting salating into your system for hydration makes sense. Um, he says, if you have trouble making a blood donation, the Red Cross may be a good option. That's the thing. Yeah, I have a Red Cross that's very close to me, but they stopped accepting donations. I think they just store blood now. It's, it's very odd. And that's uh, that's where I used to go. I used to be like a five-minute drive, and I could go and be back at work. There is another Red Cross in the area, but they're really far away that, that does blood drives. So I'm kind of always on the lookout for blood drives now. Eric did a double red or power red donation once. They get twice the platelets as from a normal donation. So it's very helpful. It takes a little bit longer, maybe 30 to 60 minutes instead of 20 to 40. I'm hoping I can get that down to, to around, around 45 today here. I have 45 minutes to do it. Paul said it corrects his, uh, it returns your plasma. Okay, returns the plasma. Cool. Adam has a quick question. Oh, I got I to gotta go in a minute, folks. A uh, quick question. Best books that you read this year, Adam says. One that I'm reading right now that I'm loving is called Fourth Wing. And another that I loved is called uh, The Will of the Many. Two, I, I highly recommend these books. They're just great fantasy novels that I'm really recommending, uh, that I highly recommend. Okay, any last few questions real quick before I go? Uh, any other, I'm also looking for comments about the the blood donation, see if there's anything I need to know. Um, thank you all for your, your tips about giving blood. Let's see. Yeah. So Corley has a comment. A comment on this. The last summer game I bought had environmentally friendly alternative to bags. They don't seem to be holding up well. That is unfortunately the case. Yeah. We have actually moved away from those bags because they aren't aren't holding up well. So I'm sorry about that. It it was a little experiment, and we're still hoping to find bags that do that. But we are we are back to using normal plastic bags. But as few as possible of them is what we're trying to do. We don't want them to be disposed. Uh, Valerie, quick qu- comment. Uh, Thanksgiving is in October in Canada, so I'm playing loads of baby here, but also got my PC, PC fix. So Baldur's Gate heard great things th- about that. Uh, Valerie, yeah, I have some Thanksgiving stuff happening tomorrow. And so I'm doing livecast today instead. Stretch pay question. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm skipping past this, but uh, Corey says hasn't used stretch pay yet, um, but he has used the concept of stretch pay on other projects, not on crowdfunding yet. Sorry, I'm scrolling through too fast here. I wish I could hang out longer, but I need to take a break and eat lunch. I can have some some uh, blood sugar in my system for this blood donation. Garrett has an idea for top 10 games that you've never played. Oh, that's an interesting idea. I'm a little hesitant to talk about games that I haven't played, though. Uh, I, I get where you're going for Garrett. I'll think about that. For games where you don't have to write anything for someone with Parkinson's, David recommends Wavelength and Decrypto. Crypto decrypto requires some writing, but Wavelength requires no writing at all. Oh, rolling! I'm glad you brought up Magic Gathering, the morph mechanism. Yeah, totally. I love that. Morph in Magic. Yeah. These are games that you play some cards face down secretly. All right. Here we go. Uh, Ray says to do your donation quickly, be super duper hydrated. Okay. Make sure to go to the bathroom immediately before starting. So you won't need to pee. Okay. I can do that. Thank you for the, that tip, Ray. I can, I can definitely be super duper hydrated. Awesome. Thank you all for, sorry for cutting this short Even after we have more to talk about today. Thank you so much for joining me on a non-standard live stream day. If you have any other questions, of course, you can post them in the comments, especially on YouTube. I get good notifications there for YouTube comments. I won't be here tomorrow, but have a happy Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. If you're also in the world, have a good week. And I will see you next Wednesday for Newsletter Day. I'll see you then for a little surprise too next Wednesday. You can find out then. Take care. Bye.